Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We are thrilled to have Dr. Denise Moore-Ravel as our special guest. Dr. Denise is a CEO, founder, award-nominated best-selling author, speaker, and personal development and business coach. As a speech-language pathologist, her job has been to help her clients discover their voices, a job she's enjoyed for the past 25 years. Dr. Denise founded the Own Your Amazing Movement, a personal development company as an extension of her passion of empowering clients to find their voices. The Own Your Amazing Movement focuses on women who feel stuck and frustrated to dig deeper, to find their voice, and live their worth out loud. Through coaching, mentoring, and workshops, Dr. Denise ignites and energizes women to find the power to be authentic, to show up more powerfully, and create amazing lives they love. She earned her bachelor's degree in speech-language pathology and audiology, a master's degree in communication sciences and disorders, and a doctorate in human services specialization in multicultural counseling and coaching. She's owned and operated a speech therapy private practice for over 15 years, serving the metropolitan Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland areas. Dr. Denise, thank you so much for joining us. We always like to start our podcast by asking what you do when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking. Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be here and to have this conversation. So um, what do I do when I want to push myself is I talk. (laughs) I talk to people. That's what I do, right? So I I try to engage in conversations with family and friends just to get uh, maybe their different perspective on things that I may not have considered. Uh, But I also read a lot. You know, I like to pick up new books and and like get new insights about things, again, that I may not have thought about. So talking to people and reading books are kind of my go-to thing for me to uh, help me to be expanded and also to help really push myself. I like that. Thank you, Dr. Denise. What book then is next to your bed or the one you're reading right now? Like what's what do you pick up when you have some a few extra minutes? Yeah, I just started reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many books on the shelf that I haven't read yet. So like, I'm just like, oh, she's reading. What, uh, how far are you into it? Can you give any? No, I just started it. Okay. Okay. I just started it. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm excited to really dig in. I saw her uh, recently on a show. They were interviewing her and I was like, I have her book. I need to read it, you know? And so I just started reading the introduction, you know, a couple of pages the other night. Lovely. What, when you, I like how you said that you really talk to your friends and family when you're kind of need some more information, what triggers in you? Like, you know what, 
I might not be thinking of this, the not the right way, but like I need more information. What kind of triggers in you that like need to go talk to someone? And then what are some of the questions you ask them to get their perspective on it? It's usually times when I'm not clear mm. on what I should do. You know, is this the right decision? You know, I want to make sure, <clears throat> especially when I'm making life changing decisions, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that I look at all different sides of it. And so, you know, I'll, I have sisters, I have brothers and friends. I might say, this is what I'm thinking. What do you, what do you think about this decision? Just to get a different perspective. Um, again, I want to make sure whatever decision I come to that I'm weighing all the options and I'm trying to look at it from all different angles. Oh, I love that holistic approach. Were you always kind of holistic about that? Or do you kind of, does it come, maybe I should say it this way, does it come naturally for you, Dr. Denise, to just ask everyone's kind of opinion and get that holistic? Or is it something that you're very mindful of? Like, nope, I I really need to ask this because I could go down a rabbit hole by myself and I I want to expand. Yeah, I I think it's kind of been natural for me. I'm kind of a very curious and inquisitive person. I'm I'm the person asked like, well, why? You know, because I want to go deeper and, you know, and not stay surface. So yeah, I'm, I'm typically asking a lot of questions. Sometimes my family and friends, they frustrate them with my questions. <laughs> I a lot of questions, but I tell them it's because I'm really trying to understand. I want to know, um, you know, you would see people do things and like, but I want like, well, why did you do that? And what was you thinking? And what, you know, did you consider this? And so I even try to do that again when it comes to making decisions about my life. Yeah. I love the why question. When you think about it, you, kids ask why all the time. Yes. Well, why, 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 why? And what do we do as adults? What do we do? Tell them, no, stop asking. I, Cause I said so. Right? Yeah. We really don't encourage that. Why? Mm-hmm. And I just know I ask a lot of why questions, especially when I was at work and, you know, at like a corporate job, like, well, why are we doing it this way? And I was branded maybe problematic because of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you're supposed to just do what you're kind of told. Um, but yeah, I love that that why. And then also, you know, we were joking before the podcast on getting our doctorates. And that's very much a why. That's a why degree, right? Yeah. yeah. If we're not a medical doctor, according to my right. son, the real doctor. Um, but if you're the why doctors like Denise and I, that's really it. You're just, you're curious. And you're like, well, I wonder why this has happened or mm-hmm. why this is occurring. And that's pretty much your dissertation is asking a why question. So I love that. That's been just a part of you. And you went to the penultimate conclusion of why is getting your doctorate. And then you continue to ask why questions even after that. Absolutely. So, I think I really credit my, my, my parents, you know, I'm the youngest of five. And so I think, you know, when my siblings were growing up, when they would, my parents would tell them to do something, and they might ask why, and they're like, because I said so. Well, when I came along, I was like, well, why do you say so? <laughs> and, and I was thankful that my parents, especially my dad, he didn't consider it being disrespectful uh, or um, tra- trying to challenge his authority as my parent. Uh-huh. I, I think he really saw, I really wanted to know, well, why are you saying that? Why are you making that decision? And really quickly, one thing that stands out was, I remember I was in high school and I had a really, you know, met this girl in high school. We became friends and um, she was like, hey, do you want to have a sleepover at my house? I said, "Okay, let me go and ask my dad. Can I come over and stay at your house for the weekend? Mm -hmm. So I went and asked my dad. He was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. And so I was like, well, why? And so he, he looked at me. He said, 
because I don't know her or her family. Mm-hmm. And I can't allow you to go stay at someone's house that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he said, if I meet her, meet her family, you know, who I know who's coming in and out of that house. He said, then I may feel more comfortable letting you stay. Mm. Oh, got it. And so I went back and told her, no, I can't stand your house. <laughs> you know, so it was, I understood why he said why. But had he just said, because I said so, I wouldn't have really got the understanding he was trying to protect me. Exactly. And you wouldn't be able to solve the problem either. If he just said no and didn't tell you why, you couldn't fix it. You couldn't have him meet the family and then realize oh, now I can stay over at her house because he met the family. Otherwise, you could just be like, my dad's a real jerk. And (laughs) maybe snuck out and did things Uh that then got you jammed up later. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. No, that's wonderful that your parents, because for a lot of the kids, it's really not challenging authority. They really are trying to figure out, well, why? I don't understand why. And once I understand, and that was always me too, even in these corporations, just, I just want to understand because then I can explain it to people. Yeah. Then I can, again, problem solve it. You can tailor the solution, the right solution. Um, so I think that's great. What, how wonderful. And look at you, the baby of the family over indexing on getting your doctorate and being successful <laughs> like that. You don't have to do that, Dr. Denise. You could have just been the baby of the family. Come on. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but I also have a sister. I have an older sister who has a doctor. So. Some might say I was trying to follow her footsteps, but no, I did it because my why was because it's what I wanted to do to be more nice in my job. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You're like, I didn't need to be my sister. Again, you're the baby. You could do whatever you want and you're still the most adorable one of the family. Sorry, other kids. Sorry, other kids. Uh, so let's get to the big question. Thank okay. you for that. What was the decision that you made, or maybe it was made for you, that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are some of those charge qualities that you use to help you make that decision or manage through it? Um, For me, it was deciding to go to college. Mm. Uh, So the backstory was I've always did well in college and I had a best friend since third grade. And so our senior year, we decided that we were going to go to the same college. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, great. We had our plans together. We were we were on our way. And then a few months before it was time to go, she decided she didn't want to go. Wow. And so I had to make a decision. Was I going to still go away to college without yeah. her? And so um, it was funny as as uh, Kelly was reading my bio, I was I was thinking about that. I said, had I'm what if I had made a different decision? I would mm-hmm. not have you know, the education that I have, but that was a life-changing decision for me that I decided to go without her. Mm. (laughs) That took a lot of courage for me. Yeah. Tell us about like that decision then. So all of a sudden, did you have, were you really struggling? How did you get through that struggle? You know, I need to know more. I'm going to ask a lot of more questions, Dr. Denise, come on now. (laughs) I absolutely struggle because, you know, uh, she and I were very close, like sisters, you know. And so, and again, I had made my, I chose a particular college I was going to go to based upon what she and I agreed upon, where we both got accepted. And so uh, once she decided she wasn't going to go, I had to make a decision like, well, ooh, am I going to go and, and quote unquote leave her? Uh, but then I decided that was that really the college I wanted to go to? I had kind of made the decision to go the the, the college she and I chose because 
we both agreed upon it, but it wasn't really my first choice. Mm. And so here I was again, like, huh, am I going to go? And am I going to go to this particular school that she and I had decided we were going to go to together? And so, um, but with that decision, I did not talk to people about it, to be honest. I don't, I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone about it because yes. I, I need to make that decision for myself. Mm. I need, I don't, I don't need anybody else's input with this decision because mm. I need, I need to decide this. And so that's why it took courage for me to say, this is the decision I'm making um, in terms of where I'm going to go to college. Did you switch? Did you switch colleges? Cause now it was just yeah. up to you. So it's, it's, it's another little piece of the story. So I did switch colleges yeah. uh-huh. and I went to a different college and I went there for a semester. And I came back home. <laughs> yep. And so I had to, so I'm, I sat out a semester because I said, I need to here. I was like, do I want to go back there? Do I was just confused. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Holy smoke. Confused, yeah. Right. And so um, I sat out a semester. And so again, I was like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I got a job, you know, but it was not definitely not what I wanted to do. And so again, I was at the crossroads again. What am I going to do? What kind of decision am I going to make? Am I going to go back to college? Mm-hmm. So I made the decision again to go back to college. But this time I went to a different school. I transferred. I transferred to a different school and I started that summer. And three years later, I graduated from that university with my degree. Wow. What, what made you change? Like, was there something in you that you knew this school, the first school wasn't right. And then how did you pick the second one? And especially it's so interesting because like you said earlier, I like to ask everyone's opinion, but this one was so personal. You're like, no, this is just for me. I have to really focus on me and my needs. What was kind of your maybe North star, North star guiding light on that? I think at that point in my life, I had I felt like I had been making a lot of decisions based on what other people wanted mm. wanted for me. And I felt like this was the first time in my life where I was going to say, no, I'm making this decision myself. Mm. And once I made the decision like to even go to a different school the first time, then to come home. And then I said, well, no, I'm going back to college and I'm transferring to this university that I really want to go to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, and I went there and stayed and graduated and all that good stuff. And so um, I didn't tell anyone about my decision until I made the decision because I didn't want their input on it. Interesting. And for me, that took courage. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because you were playing, which, and, and I think we'll probably get to some of this in the advice as women, mm-hmm. we tend to skew toward pleasing and getting more people's opinions and doing what other people think and being a good girl and blah, 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 blah. Um, right. And, and so for you, especially at the young age to be like, no, and to, to, to buck against that. Plus you're just kind of nature of, I like to ask a lot of people mm-hmm. did take courage. Where did you find that courage? And, and how did you, kind of stand up and were there people, another, the second part of the question, were there people who went, uh-uh, no, that's a dumb decision. And you were like, oh no, like how did, how did that happen? How'd that go? Well, 
Um, I don't, you know, I was thinking like, I don't know where I got the courage for. I think I just got to the point where I just needed to stand up for me. Mm. And so um, there were some people who definitely um, had things to say when I decided to, you know, quote unquote, drop out the first time to come back home. Like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You know, why are you doing that? And so that's why I'm like, I don't need a lot of people's input right now because I need to figure this out for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I just told them, it's OK. You know, I, I'm, I'm tra- just, I'll figure it out, you know. And the one person who did not give me, you know, a lot of uh, negativity, who was most supportive was my dad. He was like, I know you'll figure it out. Aww. I know you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And so um, once I made a decision to go, you know, he he asked questions once I made the decision. He okay. was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? This is where you want to go? You know, so which helped me to clarify even more and made me feel even better about my decision. And so, um, but there were some people who were like, what are you doing? Um, you need to go back to school. Just go back where you were. You know, it's just a lot of that. And so I, at that point, I was like, I don't need a lot of people um, opinions in my head right now. I need to just focus on what is it that I want for myself. Yeah. I love that. I love that you had the support of, of your father saying, no, you'll do it. But then he still asked questions once oh, you absolutely. made the decision to help absolutely. you clarify that, which is really important to have that support, but not just to support like, sure, you'll figure it out, but then nothing else. Cause right. then that sometimes can't, isn't that helpful if they're not helping you kind of think through it. Um, I love that you found your voice and I know this goes into kind of how you're so passionate about helping women mm-hmm. find their voice. Was this, was this kind of the, the, the seed of it, Dr. Denise of like, no, I need to help women find their voice and live more authentically. Absolutely. Uh, because what I discovered was I was not the only person struggling with things like this, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, having conversation with other friends and women, you know, they're, they having their similar stories, not necessarily about college. It might've been about work or a relationship or just whatever, and not really understanding, like, is this what you really want? Are you using your voice? Are you speaking up at work? Are you being your authentic self with your family? And so, Um, So I tell people, I invite them on the journey with me to self-discovery. Like, who are you? Are you really owning who you are? And so, yeah, um, as I felt like I've been finding my voice, I'm just passionate. And um, I just feel like it's my mission to help other people find theirs as well. Mm. That is such an amazing mission. And while you were talking, because I think Kelly and I both wholeheartedly agree, it's one of the reasons we do this podcast, because there are so many inspirational stories like yours and you want to help as many people as you can, people who have been struggling with things and, and they can kind of help figure it out and recharge their life. <laughs> but while, while you're talking, Dr. Denise, and since you're a doctor, a real one <laughs> in the joke already, um, but how, what, how, let me see if I can say this the right way. Okay. So quite a few women might not even know that they're not living an authentic life. Do you see you know what I'm saying? Like, like they're doing it for their family or what they think society should be. And I'm going to support this not so nice guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to support um, this, or um, I'm going to support that my son needs to act like a cis hetero or something like that. Or like, they just, they don't even realize that, it's not 
kind of their authentic voice. So I guess, how do you, how have you helped people who haven't even gotten to like, oh good, I want to learn about my authentic voice and I want to talk to Dr. Denise, but they're like stuck in that quagmire of not even realizing that they're not authentic. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely makes sense. And I want to just give a little backstory about how the Own Your Amazing Movement really came to be with me really helping women was, again, I had the degrees, I had a great job, life was great on the outside. Mm. But on the inside, I was still feeling very unfulfilled. Like, "Mm, I'm doing all this great stuff, but mm, this, this isn't it for me. Mm. Or is it it for me? You know, you start questioning, is this all there is for me? Is this Mm. all there is for life? Yes, I'm supporting my family and my career is great, but there's this little gnawing on the, that had this gnawing on the inside. So about Mm. five or six years ago, I attended a retreat in Dallas, Texas, and where the people, you know, women coming together to really find yourself and just figure out what's going on with your life. And the story goes, the night before the big conference I went out to dinner with one of the attendees and we had dinner, was getting to know one another and talking and all that great stuff. So the next day during the um, conference, during the workshop, the facilitator was allowing each person to come to the front of the room and she was going to coach them. Right. So I'm sitting in the audience and one by one, all these women are going up front, you know, taking their turns and they're crying, Uh you know, pouring their hearts out. And I'm sitting there like, why are they crying? (laughs) I'm like, okay, you know, all right. And so then it was my turn. When I tell you ladies, as soon as I sat down in the chair, I started crying. (laughs) (laughs) Bawling. (laughs) And the facilitator was like, what is going on? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just not happy. Mm. I'm not happy. And so the young lady who I gone out to dinner with the night before, she raised her hand. She said, I know what's wrong with you. <gasps> and I'm thinking, in my mind, I didn't say this out loud. I'm like, we just met. You don't know. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. I've been for years. You, you didn't say you know me? What? So I just said, oh, okay. I said, so what's going on with me? She said, you're smart. You're brilliant. You're talented. She said, you're all these things. She said, but you don't own it. Wow. You need to own your amazing and stop playing small. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Love she helped me the language. What deep down inside I was feeling, I said, because I believe we know we're not yeah. living up to our greatest potential. Yes. We know we're not living lives that we're excited about. We yep. know we're not excited every day to go out and do the thing we have been created to do. We right. know that. Nobody right. has to tell us that. Right. Nobody has to tell us that. And so to answer your question, I tell women, like, you got to stop and get to know who you really are. Mm-hmm. Outside of your husband, outside of your kids, outside mm-hmm. of your career. Who are you really for you? That's the first question. And that's the hardest question for a lot of us to answer. Yep. How do you, so let's get to the, I love that story, by the way. And I love how you're like, why are these fools crying? And then as soon as you go up there, <laughs> that's the best. That's the movie. That's the movie right there. You're like, you're like, 
you're the star and you're like, right. I would voiceover as I, why I would never cry like this. Exactly. Exactly. I, I love that so much. What so we already started with the advice. I'm yeah. like, you got to get to know yourself. So let me, cause I do think that's almost the hardest part for people. Do you have some good actionable steps? Cause we like action here. So what, what are some of the actual steps that, that the ladies can take to help them? And um, it sounds simple, but again, it's the hardest thing. You know, ask your que- ask yourself the question: What do I really want? Mm. What do I really want? <laughs> mm-hmm. Not what people say I want. Yep. You know, again, not the college they say I should go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Not not the job I suppose they say I should take. Not the career they say I should take. But what is it that I really want? Mm. You know, that's the first thing is to discover that. Ask yourself that. You know, I have some of my clients that start out as simple as like, I was like, what's your favorite ice cream? And they were like, chocolate. I said, do you really like chocolate? Do you really like chocolate? You know, someone like, well, yeah, they're like, well, I don't really know if I like chocolate. <laughs> I've been eating it for years. It's like, well, what do you get excited about? Or like, what do you really like? What do you really want for yeah. you? When I was starting my practice, you know, I have a I have a, a office space, and different technicians were coming in to set up, you know, K, you know, internet, you know, lights, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I came in to set up um, the internet, and he was like, um, "Hey, do you want a television in your reception area?" And I was like, "No, I don't want a television in here." I said, "I want books. I like to read, and so I want my clients to read. I have books and magazines." He was like, "Oh, well, other offices have televisions in their reception." Mm-hmm. Okay, well, go for them. (laughs) (laughs) And he kept pressing me about having a tele. And finally, I said, I don't want, I don't want a television. It's not what I want. And this is the space, I want to put the space how I want it. So we have to be willing to say, what is it that I want? What makes me happy? I love reading. I want people to read. So I have books in my office space, in my reception area. So I, I so that's just a simple thing, but again, get really clear about what it is that you really want. Okay. So once I know what I really want, mm-hmm. then kind of what are some of the what are the things that I should do next? The second thing is make a decision. Mm, I love that. So, so I'm gonna the last one is definitely take some action. But before you can even take action, you gotta know what you want. And, and so people are like, I know what I want. Now make a decision that you're gonna go for that. Yeah. Make a decision. Make Say, no matter what, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to go for. Again, that's why I didn't have conversations about where I was going to go to college until I got clear where I wanted to go. And then I made my decision. This is where I'm going to go. And then the action was I applied. Mm-hmm. So know what you want, make a decision. And then lastly, take some action. Take mm-hmm. some action. And in my camp, we talk about taking small actions, you know. I don't care how, you know, I don't get caught up in big steps. I'd say, take any, take a small step every day. Yes. I I count the small wins, you know, and I had to learn that early in my career as a speech therapist. Um, I tell the story when I first started my career, I was in the the school system, but I worked with a number of kids who were nonverbal. And so they had the individual, you know, individual education plan, these IEPs. And so everybody wanted this one particular kid to talk. He was five years old and he was nonverbal. Of course, we wanted him to talk. But to think I was going to go from a non-talker to kids talking complete sentences in a year? Mm. Mm. 
no. But I but I wrote the goal as such. And and weeks and months went by and I felt like he wasn't making any progress. And I felt like I was a failure as a therapist. Like he's not progressing. He's not progressing. He's not going to get there. He's not going to get there. And then one day, one of the teachers, uh, you know, she was a, a teacher, had been working for many years. She she told me, she said, you got to learn to count the small wins. Mm-hmm. She said, from when you started with him to now, can he make a sound? And I was like, yeah, that's a win. It takes a sound to make a word. Yeah. So from that day, I, I adjusted the goal, <laughs> but I also adjusted the way I looked at wins. Sometimes yeah. we don't feel like we're making progress because we don't have the big thing. But if you do something small every day towards that thing you said you wanted and you made a decision, on, you're going to get there. Yes. You're going to get yes. there. Yeah. So in my office, we throw we, we throw parades every week. <laughs> you know, we throw parades every week for the small wins. If a child is learning the color red and they finally got it, we throw a parade. You know, uh, we do it with kids. I was thinking about this, like think about when kids were first learning to potty train. Mm-hmm. If they went in the pot. If they peed in the pot, they got high fives. You know, mm-hmm. you threw a parade. <laughs> but you know, if we see there's something as small as that, but we celebrated it. But when it comes to us ourselves, we don't do that. No, we don't celebrate ourselves until we get the big win. But I've learned to keep the momentum, to keep me focused, to keep me ex- excited. Is I got to, I have to count and celebrate the small wins along the way. You're, I, I love the small wins. And we've talked about that with some other guests too, is like, just make a small step every day. Right. Because just like you said, if you say, uh, you know, a lot of us try to lose weight. So I usually mm-hmm. use that as a kind of a common one. But yeah. if I just woke up and said, you know what, in one month, I'm going to drop 25 pounds. Come on. And like, like you said, with this speech pathology, which is a long game, I know yes, speech pathologists do not just flip <laughs> overnight. Um, so how do you make these little wins and then celebrate it? Because you're right, as adults, we don't really celebrate that much. We celebrate with, Denise got a new job. Kelly got a new job. But that's it. And when does that happen? Once every two, three, four years or something, maybe? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we celebrate. Or you get your master's or your doctorate. Again, that's a one-time thing. <laughs> and then what else are you going to celebrate? So that taking the little actions do add up. And then I'll add that whole it's their journey. And so I know Kelly and I are really trying to focus on this for, for, for those of us who have a high sense of urgency and want to see actions right away. This is a very difficult one, Mm. but it's the other person's journey. So you're there to help them, but it will go at the pace that they're ready to go. Like you're like the five-year-old who was nonverbal. I, that's awesome. You had a goal and you should have a goal, but also know it could take him a while to, to be verbal. So how are you going to manage within and be flexible? And we, we can adjust the goals. That's what I had to do, yes. adjust the goal, you know? Yep. So the yep. goal in the, the year was not 10 words. It was like he would be able to um, say a couple of sounds. Okay, yeah. we mastered that. We was like, great. Now we have something to build on. Okay, so the next goal. So I just think if people could have small attainable wins mm-hmm. and then create the next goal, it just builds momentum. And yep. it, it, it builds excitement and you feel like I can, do, and it builds your confidence. Like I can do right. this. I got this. Yeah. Yep. I love and, that. Um, I know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I just, I just get so excited and I'm an overlapping talker, Dr. Denise. So you know that from speech yeah, pathology. 
<laughs> overlapping talkers. And we're like, oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but I want to pull in Kelly because the advice is so beautiful that you've given. And, but there's one thing that I know Kelly Gunther has personally helped me with is kind of own it and don't be, don't play small. So Kelly will say like, damn, Carrie, do you know you're a doctor and you should get more money for this? And I'm like, okay, Kelly, you know, like if I was like, okay, Kelly, I guess so. Yeah. And she's like, you wrote a book on it. I'm like, yeah. I did. you know, like, I'm so like, gosh, okay, Kelly. Um, so Kelly's been amazing for me personally with that. But what has resonated with you the most, Kel? Well, one very tactical question I have is, are you still in contact, Dr. Denise, with the person that you had dinner with prior to the conference in Dallas? Yes, we are. We are Facebook friends, and um, we, you know, she's excited about um, what I've been doing with the movement, and so yeah, we still stay in contact. Yep. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I was going to say because what I mean, just for someone to stand up and get that much from you from over a dinner conversation, amazing. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, so what I love too about your story is how much even at a young age, you, that you had enough confidence in yourself to really think through what you wanted and that you gave yourself permission, which I think a lot of women don't do necessarily, is give themselves permission to really have the time to think through what they necessarily want and then to actually be okay once they make the decision. So when so did that confidence come early? Because I would imagine it probably did for you. Um, when people ask me that question, I, I, it's hard for me to answer it because I, I guess so. I don't know. Um, but I do know it's something I've had to continue to work on. I don't, even if it came early, it's still something I have to continue to be aware of and to hone in on and just continue to stand in it. You know, like anyone else, I could falter. I could give in to different conversations or different thoughts, but you know, it's something that I have to work on on a daily basis is to stay in my own truth. Mm -hmm. And I think what I appreciate most about what you shared is just your, your authenticity and how you are, you are living each day as it comes and you are a work in progress and how much you are very much living your amazing journey, but on your terms, and you're just helping other women to live their amazing journey as well, based on the steps that you've taken that you are wanting to help others um, take as well. I, I mean, what I love the most is that there's a, uh, one of the themes that carries throughout every single episode, it seems is the journey of self-awareness mm -hmm. and how knowing yourself is so pivotal to being able to make a decision to really get to the bottom of what do I really want, which can be very uncomfortable but then to help take that small action and to give yourself grace because we're not perfect people. We will make mistakes. We will falter, but then to be okay with making those mistakes and recognizing that tomorrow's a new day yeah. and with a new day comes new opportunity. Absolutely. And, but again, it's taking that first step. One quick story I want to mm -hmm. share is uh, she's a good friend of mine, um, but she attended one of my workshops and we talked about like, what is this, what's something you really want? And so uh, she has two, she's married with two kids. And at the time, her kids were a little younger. And so she said, I just want to go to the hotel, spend a night in a hotel by myself <laughs> and get some really good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were, we were like, do it, do it, do it, do it, right? And so she was like, I don't know. I was like, do it. So, I, so we made her like promise you're going to do it. She said, okay. So, um, 
later on that evening, her husband called me because again, they're really good friends of mine. So her husband called me and asked me, she, he said, did you tell my wife um, to go to, you know, spend the night in a hotel by herself? And uh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he was like, thank you. He said, thank mm-hmm. you. He said, I've been telling her to take some time for herself. And she, he said, she didn't listen to me. He said, but thank you. He said, because uh, I know when she comes back, she's going to be a better wife and a mother. Mm. And so um, fast forward, it's, it's probably been about five years ago now. And so now she goes out on trips by herself all the time. <laughs> wow. And, and just imagine one small step she took yeah. due to your coaching and guidance. Yeah. Look at that. And now she's like, I should have taken this step a long time ago. Right. Thanks, Dr. Denise. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Love yeah, it. She takes, wow. she takes time. Um, she's gone to the hotel at least five times where she'll wow. just check into the hotel overnight. Uh, she was like, she'll take a nice bath or the room service. She said, and get some good sleep. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah. I used to do a, sa- mm-hmm. go ahead. Mm-hmm. I used to do a sales training and there was a trainer that would say, suspend the disbelief, throw caution to the wind. In other words, like just whatever is holding you up or hanging you up, just throw it to the wind and, and, and try it and see what happens. And that's really kind of your message too, is, you know, one small step, see what happens. I mean, you may not like it. You may not get the best night of sleep of your life, or you might. And now look at, she's taking trips on her own for heaven's sake. I mean, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's someone who's bought in and said, I'm all in on this and see a family. I'm going to go on this trip by myself. Amazing. Wow. I told her, I've created a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. She is. She has taken that advice in spades. My goodness. But she's, she'll tell you she's much better just as a woman, um, Mm -hmm. as a wife, as a mom. Uh, She's like, I'm just so much happier. Uh, mm-hmm. and more fulfilled and more peaceful because now I know I can go and take time for myself, get myself restored, really figure out what I want to do, who I am, and then come back and really show up more powerfully for those I love. Love it. And I think too, for any for, for all women out there, this is an incredibly powerful episode, especially for those who, as a result of the pandemic, have found themselves having to shift their focus from um, maybe, you know, working outside of the home um, to working inside the home and having to maybe, you know, um, change career paths for, 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 for a variety of reasons. Um, but listen to this episode and really take into consideration all of the great advice that Dr. Denise shared. And we encourage you to connect with Dr. Denise. We'll have all of Dr. Denise's um, contact information in our show notes. Um, within the episode for for her information. So thank you, Dr. Denise, for joining our podcast and for sharing um, your very poignant and, and beautiful story with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.